Good to see you. Good to see you, Brian. Um, just for everyone's you know, sake here, um, we have Amit from NEA. Um, really appreciate you finding a little time in what I imagine is your, is your new uh, home setup there in quarantine SF. Um, yeah, well, you know, it's funny. I actually have a, a um, uh, my, my normal lounge chair in the living room, which is, you know, probably a little bit more comfortable, but my wife just requested, requested uh, to alternate which chairs we use. Uh, so I'm not sure if I'm getting, getting back my, my typical chair, but this, I'm still quite comfortable. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, appreciate you doing this kind of on a whim. Um, like I told you, you know, really excited to just get some different VC perspectives. Um, you know, VCs in general have very global perspectives and are forward thinking people. And I think that's important in a time like this. Um, so really excited to just kind of hear some of your insights. Um, thought it'd be great to just start on the personal side, kind of what, what are things like for you? What are, what are some of the tips you may have for people as they think about um, personal wealth, personal well-being, all, all those types of things. So feel free to kind of start anywhere and we, and we can tangent. Yeah. So the, f the first thing that, you know, I would, I would uh, advise people on is a lot of people are getting freaked out about managing their personal money um, in this market. Um, I've had two uh, either professional investors or former professional investors and one uh, student uh, 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 I'll call me and, or, or talk to me in person and say, hey, I'm thinking about pulling all my money out of the market because I am really, really freaked out right now. Um, and uh, I've counseled uh, them. And um, what I personally am doing is, is not pulling all my money out of the market. Um, and the reason is because, um, you know, typically, if you look historically at uh, the data for who has performed the best in terms of managing their personal wealth. It's people who've continued to invest in good times and bad. So yep. if you have cash flow coming in right now, you know, continue to invest. If you're investing 10% of your money in the market, continue to do that. Um, if you've got, um, if you've got some cash on the sideline, you know, I, I think a lot of people uh, will pull their money out and then try to wait in time when to come back into the market and, um, that's, that's impossible to do. Um, and so yeah, totally. Right. So, um, what I've personally been doing is I've actually been investing in the market, um, during this volatile period. Um, and you know, for the, the cash I have to invest, I've been investing percent of it a week. Um, and yep. so, um, over the next 10 weeks or so, I'll probably be buying and you know, I don't know if it's going to go up or go down, but generally on a cost-weighted basis, those dollars are going to go further than the dollars I previously had in the market. And generally, I'm, I'm trying to be patient enough to wait. Um, uh, I do think that, you know, if you've got uh, near-term near, near liquidity needs, uh, tuition that you have to pay or a mortgage you have to pay, um, certainly, you know, I would, I would get in front of understanding exactly how much cash you need for the next 12 months. And that might mean that uh, you can't follow that advice. Um, um, and uh, you need to think about what your fixed costs are. Um, yeah. But I would, I would definitely start that exercise, um, but also helpful. make sure to be rational about um, not pulling out all your money out of your market yeah. um, in terms of, because it could make a very impa a negative impact on your long-term yeah. net worth. What about on the, what about on the uh, just on the personal health side? I mean, I know I know you're a big gym rat, um, good hooper as well. For for those that don't know you, um, but would love to just get a little bit of kind of what you're doing 
around the house to to stay fit or just kind of some of the things you're thinking about as we look forward to a world where you know you might not be leaving the house for more than 30 minutes or an hour a day yeah for sure well um obviously like um i think most most people know that diet really has the biggest impact on your long-term health over um exercise and i'd like to say that i've been really religious with following you know intermittent fasting and keto and up until 10 p.m. last night that would have been accurate but then I had a couple glasses of scotch and scotch is essentially my gateway to all my vices so after a couple glasses Love of scotch it. I cleaned off a pint of blood orange sherbet from Byron Creamery uh the ice ice cream store so I'm not you know do as I say not as I do yeah, but yeah. I, I'm definitely <laughs> definitely trying to you know uh low keto diet I lost 20 pounds last year doing it um, yeah. I actually find that Reddit has a bunch of super informative channels and a lot of really great content to help someone get motivated about following a diet. And this is a great time to start. Um, uh, Tim Ferriss's four hour body. Uh, I found it to be super helpful um, uh, during a period of my time of time, um, maybe seven or eight years ago now where I lost 43 pounds, just kind of following the philosophies of just measure everything, measure what you're eating, measure your exercise and just track it. Um, so, you know, definitely like diet is something to focus on. Um, and then, um, on the, um, on the exercise front, you know, I'm fortunate to have a Peloton and I'm just yep. on that every day. Um, I'm also, um, trying to stay mobile. So we've got a couple of foam rollers, uh, yeah. sort of, uh, you know, foam yoga ball type things, which I'm using to roll out, uh, particularly my lower body and, those are really easy to order on Amazon. I don't think there's a run on foam rollers right now. So it's definitely a great uh, practice to start. Um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, so that, that's, that's what I've been doing. Cool. Um, let's switch a little bit to, to portfolio. You've, you've been in the investing world for, for a long time now. Yeah. Um, we'd love to just hear some of the best practices you've seen around CEOs communicating with their teams right now, the types of emails, um, or, or, or communications that they're sharing and, and kind of the things that you hope they continue to do over this period of uncertainty? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think um, there's sort of two, uh, uh, two big uh, areas that a CEO needs to address during this time period. One is, uh, what are the policies we're putting in place as a company uh, to make sure that you, our employees, um, and then our customers and our partners are all safe. Uh, the second is, hey, how is this going to impact our long-term business? Um, and so I think for the, the first, firstly, I think it is helpful to uh, separate those two messages. Um, if you're saying in one side, hey, here's all the policies from working from home, but like we're going to be fine and, you know, keep on working hard and work harder through this. I think it sort of muddles the message a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, I would sort of separate the policies for work from home and be very sort of, uh, I don't think it needs a lot of uh, sort of verbiage around it. You know, I think just bullet points of, hey, mandatory work from home, uh, mandatory, you know, Zoom weekly call. Um, uh, et cetera, et cetera, whatever those policies are. There's a bunch of resources to understand what those best practices are um, and also potentially to provide some resources. But I think the most important thing as a CEO in a time of crisis like this 
is to make sure that your employees know that you care about them personally and their health is the most yeah. important thing to, to you as a leader. Those are great. On um, the business. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And then on the business side, I think um, lots of different uh, businesses are being impacted differently. And uh, the level of, uh, of understanding of where we are and how severe uh, the situation is, um, I think is, uh, can, can vary significantly between divisions and layers of a company. And so to be really direct about, um, hey, this is how it's going to impact performance. This is how we're thinking about fundraising. This is how we're thinking about headcount, et cetera, et cetera, I think is it's really important to be upfront about that. Um, and I think that a lot of companies are going to do layoffs during this time period. And it's a really fine balance in terms of understanding, hey, maybe we're, we have the money to pay you right now. Maybe we're successfully raising money right now. And we're still going to do layoffs. Why is that the case? Um, and that's a really hard message to send. Um, yeah. But it's important to be really honest and transparent and direct during these times. And I think, you know, when when a CEO thinks about the impact that they can have during um, their lifespan as CEO, you know, the most important thing is that they're able to create tons of jobs and tons of leaders over the long term. And if it yeah. means that you're sacrificing um, um, and, and actually making some people's lives harder now in order to be able to fulfill that, you know, uh, not everyone's going to be happy about where it ends up, but that, that, that is the rational thing to do and thing to do, but probably the right thing to do. Yeah. Super interesting. Um, what do you, what do you say to customers right now? I mean, as a, as an enterprise SaaS investor, you know, you think about the sales cycle for some of those businesses, you know, you've been building a relationship for four or five months and you're close to closing. How do you how do you maintain that? What are the types of strategies or tactics that you think will be important for sales reps to make sure that when this does turn back on, that the pipeline is still robust? Yeah. Well, I'm actually like close to 100 uh, percent consumer. Focused. Big consumer guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, hopefully, you know, James gave you some great insights there because I, I don't have much for you there. Um, I do think it's really hard to close deals of any size without sort of the in-person connection and the trust that creates. Um, on the on the consumer side, businesses are being impacted um, very differently. Um, you know, I've seen lots of businesses send out an email about the steps they're taking to make sure that they um, that they're staying safe. Um, I think it's also important to be understanding now. I think um, uh, if you know someone's given an advance and asked for it back, I don't think now is the time. You know, in terms of being very disciplined and um, and making sure that companies conserve cash, I'm not sure that you know uh, holding your your customers' money hostage is the right thing to do because um, that can erode a lot of trust. Um, but I think you know, especially in the world of consumer, it's so dependent on the product and there's some variance in it um, that um, people have to really think on a first principles basis of what makes the most sense for my customer. Yeah, interesting. Um, I'm curious if we shift a little bit to just NEA and, and your experience with your team, what are the things you guys are doing to start to set up to be communicating and still in full effect um, while you all are operating, you know, digitally. I'm, I'm sure most of you are on planes a lot anyways, but just some of the things that you're doing to tactically make sure that you stay in touch. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, we are um, fully digital at this point, and I think we're, um, you know, we we have a very strong healthcare investing team, including Scott Gottlieb, who's the former commissioner of the FDA, um, and been on the front lines on TV interviews and on Twitter to give people a very informed perspective. I imagine one of the three most insightful and informed people on the coronavirus in the U.S. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I think like what, what I would share with you that he shared with um, our partnership on Monday was that he actually feels super encouraged by country has taken over the last week. Um, he was very concerned um, a month ago because people were pushing back on some of the initiatives we would need to do, but actually feels we have now taken the appropriate steps to um, to flatten the curve, and also that uh, a limit on testing should be eliminated by, or should be significantly reduced by the end of the week. So that was very positive to hear. Um, uh, you know, we're both uh, set up to be very digital. Um, we're definitely open for business still. We're still considering new investments and. You know, NEA with four decades of experience has been through multiple crises and we consist consistently see some of our best returns come out of this time period. So we're 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 very much still taking meetings and working full time, uh, pretty much 100% of Zoom. And then, you know, socially, we've done a bunch of things to, um, to sort of uh, continue to keep our culture alive. Um, you know, we, uh, I think like maybe 70, 75% of the organization was on Slack. We're hundred percent on Slack. Now we're going to do a, a zoom edition of NEA university where, you know, a senior partner gives a lecture on one part of this job and craft and how to be better at it. Office hour slots with senior partners. Um, we're going to be doing weekly board reviews and real time synthesis of the landscape. Um, we've got, uh, some team bonding, just fun stuff, a weekly plank challenge, um, an all-company online gaming tournament, online karaoke, uh, Zoom cooking class, Hawaiian shirt on Zoom Fridays. Um, Love it. Um, in terms of work and productivity support, um, <clears throat> you know, scheduled work sessions in terms of silent rooms and water cooler, like a virtual water cooler. Um, work from home best practice idea of the week competition, um, accountability partners, um, uh, uh, daily meditation session. Um, cool. And then, you know, parent support group facilitated by an outside expert, anxiety support group facilitated by an outside expert. So, you know, lots of great ideas really robust. from our team yeah. on how to keep us connected. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, on, on that point, I'm curious, I mean, you know, part of my, desire to do this this way as opposed to a podcast is this is going to be the new way that we interact you know zoom is going to be um a, a lot of our conversations yeah. coffee chats etc down the road it you know videos go in and out we have a reliance on wi-fi uh kids come in the background how do you how do you build relationships and sort of keep the same intimacy on a platform like this um, any best practices or concerns you may have around switching to kind of a Zoom world? You know, I think it's been great. And um, seeing, you know, I, I think just versus being even in an office, seeing someone's home environment, um, seeing that their kids are in the picture and they have to take care of them because they don't have childcare, I think it actually just adds to the connection between us. And yeah. 
you are seeing someone in a more intimate setting. And so I think it's actually pretty special and creating a lot of empathy um, and connection amongst us. Really cool. Um, well, thanks so much for doing this, man. Um, Amit Mukherjee from NEA, really appreciate the time. Uh, looking forward to keeping in touch. Yeah, sounds good, Brian. Uh, thanks, yeah, let me know how else I can help. And for anyone who's watching, if anyone wants to reach out to me directly, you know, I think Twitter's probably the best way, just at Amit Mukherjee, and I, I check my DMs every day. So um, Awesome. Thanks so much, yeah. man. Uh, thanks, Brian. See you.